Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. This is Steph Lee, founder of Host Agency Reviews, and you are tuning in to the Friday 15, where every, no, not every 15, every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, we go ahead and answer your industry questions. Now, the important thing is there is how in the world you ask a question, and I would love to hear from you any questions you have on the industry. You can go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15, and not only can you submit your question about anything in the travel industry there, but you can also sign up for e-reminders. So if you want to get an email or a text message um, a little bit before the Friday 15 starts with the topics that are going to be happening for that day, you can go ahead and sign up at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15. All right. So, um, well, actually, just a quick note. So those of you that listen every week know that I was super excited to go to Asta's Global Convention in San Francisco a few weeks ago. Uh, but I apologize because I was telling people I'd, I'd be there. And technically, I was there. I just ended up getting sick at the pre-conference event and um, caught COVID before ASTA even started. So that was super sad for me because I was so excited to see so many people. Um, it'd been a long time since I'd been at an event. So uh, good news is though, I will be speaking uh, next week at the Travel Allies Young Leaders in Travel Conference um, in Puerto Vallarta. So if you are going to be there, it's a much smaller event, so I'm sure we'll run into each other. But please, um, you know, don't be afraid to introduce yourself. I'm I'm always love meeting new people in the industry. Uh, so that's the news on that. Let's get into our first question. First question comes from Morris, and Morris is wondering if the CTA certification is valid in Canada. So, hi, Morris. Love to meet my Canadian neighbors here. You know, in Minnesota, we're pra practically like half Canadian. So, uh, let's see. CTA, for those that don't know, is um, the Travel Institute's one of their certifications they offer. They also offer the CTC and the CTIE. But I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to show you if you type in travel agent certification, I think. Um, let me just refresh really quick. Those of you that are, oops, those of you that are watching on YouTube know that um, I'm sitting on my porch right now and I've, I've got my computer propped in a very precarious way uh, to try to make it high enough. So I'm just trying to get the last gasps of summer here before, before it becomes freezing in Minnesota. All right, so if you type in travel agent certification, that pulls up our travel agent certification article. This goes over all the different certification options that are available to you. There's a um, comparison chart and a download, uh, a free download. But um, the big things I wanted to point out here is number one, there are a lot of different places that you can get certifications within the travel industry. So Morris, for your question in Canada, the simple answer is yes, it's recognized in Canada. Is it required? No, um, it's not required anywhere. So the funny thing about the travel industry is there's no baseline set of knowledge you need to have to become a travel advisor which is sometimes concerning, but um, also it's nice in the aspect that people can come in without a huge barrier to entry. But it's not like if you're a hairstylist, um, you have your little license and you have to do so many continuing hours, et cetera, um, and make sure that you've taken hygiene courses on how to clean all your equipment. Uh, it's very different in travel. So you can get the two big certification options that I would say are out there. 
are the Travel Institute, which we just talked about and what Morris was asking about, and then ASTA. They have their Verified Travel Advisor program that they launched maybe five or eight years ago, something along those lines. So those are the ones that are really recognized um, within the industry. I would say actually along with CLIA. CLIA, which is the Cruise Lines Industry Association, they also have um, a very well-recognized certification program. But having said that, there are so many certifications out there in the travel industry. It's going to blow your mind. There are suppliers that have it, host agencies, consortias, destinations, um, you name it there's a certification out there for you, different products. Uh, so there's no shortage of certifications. Uh, if, so if you really love getting your learning on, you're going to be really, really happy in the travel industry. So that, um, the oh, you know what the other thing I should say, Morris, is even though um, you didn't ask this, but uh, I just want to make sure you're aware that in Canada, there are, oh man, I'm pressing all sorts of crazy buttons. Um, in Canada, there are some special regulations for um, the various provinces. So I'm just going to link to, um, if you type in Canada in the search bar at the top of the, of the site, um, it'll pull up our Canadian regulations article, Canada. Oh, my search isn't working. Of course it's not. Hold on everybody. Well, okay. So I'm just going to put a link in cause this is not working. Um, I'm just going to put a link in for you, Morris, to these Canadian, um, kind of requirements, regulations that you need to follow just to make sure that you're on the up and up there. Um, let's see. Next question. All right. Next question comes in from Shannon R. So Shannon says, I just signed on with a host agency in August. So I am fresh and learning. Welcome, Shannon. Uh, my niche is ocean cruises, especially for families and groups. In December, I will be taking a family vacation on Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas. It will be my first trip since I started thinking like a travel advisor, which is a very different way of thinking. Um, so the question is, how should I plan on using my time on the ship so I can bring back info, videos, pictures, ideas, tips, etc. in an organized way? Is that even possible? Yes, it is. Um, let's see. So I'm not sure if I need to make a plan and schedule my time to record specific, specific things, or there are certain things, um, aspects of the cruise that the clients would especially like to hear about from me. Um, is there a step-by-step -step out there anywhere to help guide me? And side note, thank you so much, Steph, for A, your amazing, amazing personality that really shines through your work, and B, this great podcast that has literally inspired me and so many others and helped shine the light on a path forward in the murky world of travel. Thanks so much, Shannon. Well, Shannon, that was really sweet ending. The side note, thank you so much. Heart, heart. Um, it's definitely the whole team at HAR. We feel very passionate about providing resources to people to enable them to start their agencies and then to grow their agencies. And connect them to the best resources that are out there. Um, so some, so this is a great question um, because let's see, the first thing I would say is if you're going to be going on the, you just joined a host agency. So I would reach out to your host agency, figure out who the BDM is for Royal Caribbean and BDM is business development manager or the sales rep. Um, reach out to them and see if there's a way there would be someone on the ship that would be able to allow you to go see some of the other rooms so you can see the different room categories or give you kind of a, a walkthrough ship inspection. Uh, that'd be one thing I would do. The other thing, um, we've got a couple great resources for you and I'm gonna start with the cheapest one because 
let's be honest, we all like um, cheap and free stuff. So this is a free one from Host Agency Reviews. Let me share my screen really quick. Um, all right, so we have a ship inspection, a cruise ship inspection article that's really helpful. Um, likewise, there's also kind of a sister article on that that does site inspection. So if you're visiting a resort or a property or something along those lines. So let's turn this on. Um, and let's see. All right. So if we go ahead and type in, in our search bar, cruise ship inspection, our article on how to make the most of the cruise ship inspection will pull up. Um, so what's nice about this is there's a whole article that breaks down like in written form, what you should be looking for when you're doing this cruise ship inspection. So if you're new, it's definitely read this because it's very helpful and eye-opening on things you should be looking for. Uh, one thing you might also want to consider, Shannon, is you're asking if there's certain things your clients might be interested in. If I were you, I would reach out ahead of time to clients, maybe on social, or you can send out your email list saying that you're going on this cruise ship, um, maybe a couple of selling points, and then have something where they can write back and let you know if they have specific questions or things they want you to check out while you're on the ship. I think that's a really smart way of doing things because then you can get back to those people individually um, and really start nurturing that relationship. All right. So um, nice thing about this article, though, is there's the written part and then there's this download for the cruise ship inspection worksheet. And I'm going to show you what that looks like because the I want to show you what the download looks like. So you um, let's see. I want that window. This gets a little bit confusing because, all right, I'm just going to have to share my entire screen, I see. All right. So I am sharing. All right. So here is the cruise ship inspection checklist and notes. So we start out and we break it down into different kind of headers. So the first one is at the port, things you want to be looking for. This PDF document is so you could, it's made so you can write inside of it. Um, whatever you want, or you can print it out and then, you know, write it while you're on the ship with your pen or paper, pen or pencil. So um, you want to know how accessible is the port from the nearest airport? How long are people waiting in line from the time they get out of their car until they're actually on the ship? Um, is there Wi-Fi in there? Are there enough waiting rooms and restrooms that it's comfortable? How old is it? What's the shape it's in? Then we move on to the lodging. So things like, can you store your luggage underneath your bed? And how high are the ceilings in the bedroom? Does it feel like you're in a cave? Um, what's it like? Uh, are there conjoined rooms that are available? How are the balconies? Are they spacious or are they super cramped? So um, lots of things within there. These are, and for those that are listening and aren't watching the screen, um, I'm just giving a very small sampling of what's on here. Then we move into the ship layout as our next heading, and that's talking about things like how wide are the halls? Are they easily navigable? Because if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know, the, some of them are just huge and you can go into the hallways and it can feel very claustrophobic sometimes because it's like, you know, it feels like there's like two miles worth of hallways there, the never ending hallway. So also checking like, are there enough elevators on different parts of the ship or do you have to walk really far to switch floors? Um, What's the pool area layouts and how are the entertainment areas like the casinos, the spas, the theaters? Uh, let's see. Then we move into things like dining. So talking about what 
are they able to accommodate your dietary restrictions? Um, is everything cooked to your liking? Was there food, a lot of food? Is there variety? How are the portion sizes? Uh, then when it comes to dining layout and services, which is our another header, um, talking about are there large tables for groups or do they accommodate more intimate dining as well? Um, and are the are you comfortable? Are you excited to be there? Uh, what's the general vibe at the restaurants? Is it is it noisy or are they quiet? Um, staff interactions and the general ship vibe. So if you book cruises or if you've been on them, you know that each ship and each uh, cruise line kind of has a different demographic that they attract. And so picking up on that and writing down that can make sure that you're really qualifying your client for the right cruise ship. Um, so checking out like what's the demographic of there? Is it uh, more active or is it more relaxed? Um, do the, the, the staff engage with you? The staff is also trained differently on different cruise lines. And so checking out what the culture of the staff is, is something you might want to take a peek at too. So then there's notes for some other things, but uh, that should give you a good feel. So again, that's a free resource from Har, and we'll put a link to it in the comments. Uh, but I, I'm not done here, Shannon. I have more for you. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was like, oh my God, I have so many resources for her. So um, we've got that one. One of the other ones is, um, so I heard about this through um, a co-host that I had on a few weeks ago. Um, Jen from Travel Planners International. So I guess this is an, an advisor of theirs that launched this new training course. Um, it's a paid course, but let me, uh, and I haven't taken it, so I'm not endorsing it by any means, but I do want to throw it out there as a resource because I think it's a great fit for what you're looking for. Um, so let me share my screen. Um, it's at famwithintention.com. And the kind of the the big idea behind it is it's going to teach you how to market your fam trip and get the most out of it. So how do you engage in social media? How do you take pictures? What do you need to be thinking about? So here's kind of the, that's the focus of it. It's a little different from our download. Ours is more kind of the objective findings that you might be looking at on a fam. And this is more how do you get um, during and after your, your fam trip. So, um, here are the courses. It looks like they're varying between, oh, there's a there's a small free one and then it goes up to $4.99 um, a course. So uh, we'll put a link in for that. And then the other one I wanted to bring up is, um, what is it called? Oh, um, myfamtrip.com. So let me... I'm going to share my screen again. Now, this was started by, again, two advisors. So these products are both made um, by advisors, for advisors, my fam trip. And I've actually been on fam trips with these ladies. This is Rochelle and Stephanie, and they used to be in the network that I used to work at. But what they came up with was my fam trip, which is an app for your phone, and it works um, no matter which platform you're on. Um, so you could be on Apple or you could be on Samsung or um, Google, whatever you, whatever phone you've got, it's going to work. Um, but within here, they have forms. So it's, this is one that's very similar to what host agency reviews offers, except for it's electronic and it's all on your phone, uh, which is really, really nice. You can upload photos, um, that you can share. You can keep track of them. You can come up with fam reports that will allow you to share with agents in your network if you wanted, or your close group of agent friends 
things like that. So um, myfamtrip.com. Uh, yeah, super cool. Um, so hopefully those are some, I, I think that should get you off in the right direction. So I hope you have a wonderful time on your cruise in December and welcome to the industry, Shannon. All right, let's see. I think we've got time. I'm going to squeeze in one more. All right. So this last question comes from Marilyn M. And Marilyn is saying, is it important to pick a host agency that uses the GDS system? And that one is actually a, a pretty easy one to answer. No, it's not super important unless you are a corporate advisor. And I don't know, I'd say like 95% of the people um, that are on our site are not corporate advisors. So or not like solely corporate advisors. But let me share again my screen and a couple things because I want you to understand a lot of people don't understand why they don't have access to the GDS. So I just want to give a little bit of a background here. So first of all, we have an article about the GDS system that talks about what it is um, because essentially it's computer programming. Um, there's two sides to a GDS or a global distribution system. Again, these are just mainly for corporate advisors, but there's the programming side, which just looks like, honestly, computer programming. That's exactly what it is. Um, and then it has the point and click side. So the last like maybe 15 years, GDSs have really been looking to make it more friendly to people because the learning curve is so steep otherwise, since you're learning programming. Um, so this GDS article is really cool because, well, the first thing is it gives a little history about the GDS and it's got a really cool background and history and how it started. And there's a really cool pictures from like 1940 on life. And it's just this room full of ladies and a huge chalkboard and they're trying to manage the inventory of the airlines. So it's pretty cool, um, but also has like a tutorial that shows you what the, um, programming side of the GDS looks like. And we also have an article that might be helpful for you on um, if you are interested in becoming a corporate agent. So if you type in um, corporate agent up on the top, the article you're looking for is want to become a corporate travel agent. Here's how. And we kind of walk you through what you need to do. We interview corporate advisors um, so you can get a feel for what's involved with that. Um, and for most people, I, I'm going to go on our host agency list because if you are, for whatever reason, um, wanting GDS, you should know that, number one, not all host agencies offer it, um, as you had mentioned, Marilyn, because you were asking about that. Like, So for instance, KHM, um, if you go on their profile under the company details, up on the very top, you can see the GDS is not offered, and that's not abnormal for someone that is very focused on leisure because there's no reason to have the GDS. Uh, the, the thing with the GDS, and you'll find that if you're a new advisor, um, host agencies aren't going to let you into the GDS system because there are these things called debit memos. And if we type in um, debit memos up in the search field, let's see if this works for me it's not working. Um, but debit memos are essentially things like what, why host agencies are so protective of the GDS system if they do have it is because it's 
the learning curve is steep and there's penalties if you do something wrong. And so it will let you actually do something that's against the airline's rules. Um, and then if they go back and audit it or somehow find that you've made this mistake, they can come back to you. It could be three weeks, um, you know, three weeks after you make the booking or it could be two years after you make the booking. But either way, they'll come back to you with this debit memo and they'll say, hey, listen, you did this wrong. You owe us $75 or you owe us $200. So it can be, um, it's, it's a big risk for a host agency to take on. And that's why they don't let new advisors in there. Uh, and the truth is, honestly, if you're not using it every single day or multiple times a week, you're going to forget what you learned, even if you spent um, three, you know, three weeks learning, learning it. Um, so I'm going to put a link in. I can't get the debit memo article to show up for whatever reason. Um, the, the search bar isn't working for me at the moment, but I'm going to put a link into the debit memo article too, if anyone's interested in learning about that. But um, before we wrap up, I know we're running over, so thanks for sticking with me. I want to go over our topics for next week because we had so many people writing in questions that we actually um, have them ahead of time this week. So again, if you have a question, please send it in hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15. This is what we've got on the docket for next week. So question is, should I get my own website or should I go through a host? Which one has the better SEO? Next up is which hosts offer coaching for new advisors? And then the last one is um, the person is interested in selling groups, specifically destination weddings, and is looking for some advice, which is exciting because the Travel Allies event I'm speaking at next week, uh, one of the founders, Jennifer Donchez, has a really big uh, agency that focuses on destination weddings and kind of romantic travel. Uh, and so I'm going to see if I can either get her to come on for our Friday 15 or one of her team members that are going to be at the event um, and see if they can, if I can pick their brain for some really good tips. Um, and that is all. Thank you everyone for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you next week, Friday, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time.